0: This episode of the Good Pop Culture Club is brought to you by HBO. The three finalists for the 2020 HBO APA Visionary Short Film Competition have been announced. HBO Visionaries is celebrating its fourth class of emerging Asian and Pacific Islander American filmmakers. And all three Visionary 2020 shorts will be available to air live starting Tuesday, September 29th on HBO and available to stream on HBO Max. Find out more information about the program and official rules on www.hbovisionaries.com and keep an eye out for the opening of submissions for the 2021 competition and the opportunity to have your short film considered for HBO and HBO Max for 2021. And now the show.
1: You're listening to...
2: Whoa! Whoa. Hot luck! Hot luck. Hot luck.
0: And hey everyone, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. It is the first week, or the second week? The first full the week of 17th October. The
1: 17th week of October? We are now or
0: officially in fall, maybe? I don't know, it's, it's hard to tell here in California.
1: Spooky season. Spooky season. It is
0: spooky season. That's right, I need to update my tw- Are we still doing the Twitter handle thing? Are we still updating that?
2: I. You know, someone was asking that, and I always go with my usual Twitter handle, Spooky's Twitter handle name. Um, but I'm wondering about this year. Mm. I haven't, I haven't done it because I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, is Wait, what are we still talking happening?
0: about? It's you know the annual tradition of changing your Twitter handle into a spooky Twitter handle.
2: Yeah, I... so I change it to uh, let the right han in.
0: Oh, then... mine's is usually Marvin Year. Exactly, Wait, I did so. not
1: no No, I guess this is my first full year on Twitter as like an active <laughs> participant. So. Oh, what oh. a year!
2: You don't get to do all the fun stuff that we usually do.
1: What would mine be? The I feel like mine could really quickly go into like an ethnic slur, like an unwitting <laughs> ethnic slur. So maybe I should like just steer clear of that.
2: Yeah. Well, people get pretty creative. Like I had to for mine. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel like it's been a million years since I last talked to you two. Because since the last time we talked, the world has like shifted into another Even- reality, I feel like
2: even more even more than it had been what do you I mean, mean what's s- happened in the
1: last week guys
0: oh <laughs> huh. like people are getting sick again Jess is in Florida for some reason
1: oh don't even start Marvin
0: how are you how is the um what's this Florida's not the sunshine state is it
1: it is it is <laughs> but it is but it's also the um well I keep saying I've been telling all my west coast friends if i do end up dying in florida whether it be from you know anti-maskers who have given me covid or you know trump supporters who have shot me because i bought i brought a lot of like sassy political t-shirts to wear (laughs) or or a gator just comes out and eats me i'm just just tell everyone i was eaten by the gator or it's death by gator because that is the only thing i respect down here the Gators.
0: I mean, if they get you, they get you, right?
1: Yeah, I if mean, gator and you, defeats know, you
0: it deserves its It, it
1: earned it. <laughs> it earned it, right? It was like a human wit versus primeval animal strength. The strength of one. I respect that. I will, you know, go gently into that good night and become one again with the cycle of life. Everything else, no. So regardless of what happens just say it's death by gator or honestly just like i'm just so delicate i realize i've been inside for the last six months in like temperate 70 to 75 degree weather and florida is not that outside and like i walk outside i'm like i feel like i'm in a dim sum cart like like those (laughs) steam table ones like i feel like the dumpling in the dim sum cart
2: without the benefit of the dim sumness
1: Oh, yeah. And being that it's like southeastern Florida, there's no great Asian food here. So it would <sighs> be like I'm being a, I'm like steamed Denny's breakfast.
0: I mean, what kind of uh, where in Florida are you? Are you in like Disney, Florida or are you in like literally the south Florida?
1: I am in Palm Beach County, which is the seat of of 45. And, you know, I'm like maybe 30 minutes away from Palm Beach Ma- and mar lago so more more of the working class middle class area where my boyfriend is doing his residency so i came to see him and i'm just like oh this is i mean i love you but this this is is terrible (laughs) and i'm not as mentally strong as i was last time i came for this period of time so i like descended straight into depression like on day four day five it's also raining here a lot which i guess it's hurricane season still which i did not realize and like the one the one pro about being in florida that's supposed to be like great weather year round but no there's like thunderstorms every single day so even if you want to like go out and like look at the water it's like a thunderstorm <laughs> i think he owes you i mean he's a very loving supportive boyfriend <laughs> and he's basically doing this so i can be a stay-at-home wife and never have to work again so that is okay the deal. okay well that's that long, just you knows what the she long wants. game I've been very transparent about my needs and desires and he has signed up for it and said yes. So I I very much support that. Like I want that. So good for you.
0: Well, we're not here to talk shit about Florida, although we are. I
1: mean, I could do that I, for <laughs> this podcast become can now have, become a we're here
0: to talk about the good pop that gets us through our days. Uh with us as always. Um self proclaimed professional, anxious Asian American, just you.
1: <laughs> Hi guys.
0: And also, culture editor Han Nguyen. Hey, hey. Huh. All right. So this week we're talking all about Pen Fifteen, the Hulu sitcom starring Maya Erskine and Anna Konkle, which is a show that gives us that sweet, sweet cringe that we all love. Um, but before we get to that, uh, let's find out what pop culture has been getting us through the week. Uh, just what's popping?
1: So, I know we talked about my discovery of the Muppets <laughs> a few episodes ago. So, in light of this past week and the ridiculousness of it Um, i wanted something light and fun so i started watching muppets now which is the 2020 muppets show available on disney plus it is very funny um it's basically like searching the anish chiganti 2018 (laughs) movie meets muppets it's it takes place basically on a computer screen and you know there's different segments like there's a like youtube lifestyle segments with piggy there's a cooking show with swedish chef which is literally the funniest thing i have seen all year like for any audience it, there's a lot of celebrity cameos um there's a great danny trejo guest star spot on the cooking show it's just it's delightful i would highly recommend it again Specifically, the Okie Kookie K- Okie Dokie Kukien show is, I have not laughed that hard, like, since January.
0: <laughs> so this is, um, is this a Disney Plus exclusive?
1: I think so. It, yes. It, it came out in July. Okay. And, um, I realized I'm Scooter. Scooter is, like, the tech guy who always has to make sure, like, logistically everything goes well. Yeah. And I'm, like, definitely a Scooter. I also, you know, I'm still kind of new to the Muppets world and all these uh, all these characters are so delightful, like Pepe the shrimp. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. the prawn. The king prawn, Pepe, the yes. Pro- the king prawn <laughs> is delightful. Like random penguins show up. Tay <clears throat> Diggs is in the segment every episode, as is Linda Cardellini, who is Piggy's best friend. And I'm just like, whoever writes this stuff.
0: So I, I guess this is the... This. 2020 this is this decade's version of the muppet show right because i feel like every decade has had a muppets show yes.
1: yes and i think they've done it really well it's very relevant to how we consume media now how we watch media you know it's it's youtube videos and it's um it's like it's texting like like you see scooters like screen basically and he's like T-. and there's <laughs> there's this, this is one also working in the entertainment industry it's also really funny because It's just, you know, you, you see, you pick up on those like inside jokes. Um, You know, some, there was like this one, like background joke where it's like, uh, this is not a pitch. And then he opens the emails like, this is a hundred pitches. And there's like just a list of some of these shows. I'm like, I've heard worse, honestly. So I just, I was just like, this is a very fun, modern update. It's definitely for adults, but you know, obviously kids will join. It's definitely more for, I feel like it's more for the parents though. Um, and I, I don't know, I just, whoever writes the Muppets comes up with this, like every generation, give them a
0: raise. <laughs> I love that the spirit of the Muppets stays alive with these shows, right? Because like the last time we saw Muppets was what Muppets Tonight?
1: Muppets yeah, Tonight. Would yeah. Highly recommend it. Or if you honestly just go watch the cooking show segment, it's <laughs> the first one. The f- <laughs> It's so funny. And like, I didn't realize Swedish chef had like real human hands. <laughs>
2: It's oh, like yeah. very
1: disturbing, but also really funny. And maybe that's it's like this weird fever dream that is perfect for quarantine. That's amazing. I've
2: always yeah, I've always liked Swedish chef. Um m- one of my uh my college ex was half Swedish and his mom did not his mom did not like the Swedish chef. So. I was I was Are
0: you I was, saying I was the gonna... Swedish chef isn't actually a <laughs> accurate representation of Swedish people? <laughs>
1: I'm not saying anything. But, I really uh, thought this was gonna turn into some weird, like weird sex story tangent about making him dress up like Swedish chef, but uh I mean we'll we do, can start I mean, it. It's not not. Yeah.
0: No one's here to yuck anyone's yum, you know. You gotta do what you gotta do.
1: <sighs> now
0: now we've given Jess ideas.
1: I need something to fill my time in Florida, so maybe <laughs> I'll go search for like a Swedish chef costume and just mm. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Florida brings out wild things. I know. You. You, you've been there too but long. Hon, what's popping <laughs> with you? Oh, my gosh. Well,
2: I haven't actually consumed that much pop culture besides the, the thing we're going to talk about as our main topic. However, I did finally get out of the house because um, so the new entertainment thing that like. I usually get invited to a lot of parties and premieres and all that type of stuff. But now post COVID times, it's been a little harder to do any of those things because everything's virtual right now. Um, however, however, um, because of the premiere of Saturday night live, I guess they want to try to do something unique and universal. Um, the universal law is very much near me. So, uh, I got invited to the drive-in premiere of Saturday Night Live, which was interesting because, and and mainly I went to go to because it was going to be Chris Rock, um, and Megan The Stallion, right? And then Friday happened, which is the positive. Well, Thursday it was actually Thursday, which was the positive. Um diagnosis of covid for the president so i was like oh i really need to attend because i need to see how they're gonna pivot right away because usually by thursday they've had everything written and they're just like you know um rehearsing so um so i went and i had a couple friends with me which was great um and it was kind of smooth the snl itself was just more interesting there are a few funny moments but it was kind of like I, I, I could almost see everyone was sort of in a daze. Like, how do we negotiate this? Like, SNL has to joke about it. But a few times they were trying to be, like, polite and yet not. Um, but my very, very, very favorite part, and I encourage anyone to just Google this and watch it, is the Megan The Stallion um, musical guest star performance. Because in general, you should be watching her because, you know, biggest song of the of the summer, right, Jess? <laughs> and then in particular, though, when she did her song Savage, and her dancers are amazing, um, and the set is amazing, and so overall you're just like, this is a great performance, I'm really f- feeling it, and then all of a sudden the set changes and into text, and it calls out Daniel Cameron, um, and that is a direct... Uh, hit at the bungling of the Breonna Taylor case. She talks about uh, the text also on the set talks about protecting black women, which is, you know, of course that's about Breonna Taylor, but also herself when it comes to the whole like uh, being shot and stuff. I got stuff that happened earlier this year, that craziness and how, I just think it was interesting that like how it's, still up to black women to have to talk about this and other people aren't as much um but i was just like during various parts of the show people in their cars were honking their horns instead of applauding which was annoying me but then mm-hmm. right after her performance they did that and i was like i will allow this uh because it was very much like the biggest moment for me of that whole show
0: yeah that's kind of cool that the biggest moment of like political Uh, Messaging was in the musical act and not in the satire of the satire show.
2: Yeah, they had plenty of it. You know, don't get me wrong. The cold open was the rehash of the debate. Jim Carrey was Joe Biden. And at the very end, they definitely used a uh, new piece of dialogue that they had to write where he was, you know, because of course, this is a rewind of the debate. So it's supposed to have happened before the positive diagnosis. So they just had him talking about Karma and science, and maybe those two things will meet. Who knows? <laughs> um, and then uh, Chris Rock and his opening monologue is definitely political. Weekend Update was very political, and all of those were though very expected. Um, but Megan the Stallion was just the most powerful. I
1: I loved it.
0: Anyone can ask me? <laughs>
1: oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no so- <laughs> Marvin, no. What sad? Okay, so Marvin, what sad, depressing piece <laughs> of pop culture? Have you been consuming?
0: Um, so this past week, I've actually picked up a couple arcs, uh, which are like advanced review copies of books, uh, because um, I do get a bunch of offers to pre-read books for interviews on my book club podcast, Books and boba. So these past few weeks, I've actually been reading a couple new books that are coming out soon that I'm super excited about. Um, the first is called These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. And the premise is it's Romeo and Juliet, but set in 1920s Shanghai. And it has some like supernatural horror elements to it as well. Like something, something wicked is happening underneath the city of Shanghai. And for those of you who don't know, this era of Shanghai was like basically uh, it's in the early days of the of the Republic of China. Um, the Qing Dynasty has been overthrown, and Shanghai in this period is literally cut up between a lot of different foreign powers, right? Because colonialism. Mm, it's not colonialism yet. Because they're not technically colonies, but they're concessions, right?
1: They are colonies. <laughs> a, a, a colonizer by any other name is still a colonizer, right. <laughs> Concessions are delicious treats that you get. <laughs>
0: right? What they, the concessions
1: are nachos and hot dogs and Sour Patch Kids. Basically,
0: in this version of, of Romeo and Juliet, Romeo and Juliet are the heirs to rival gangs in Shanghai. So um, Romeo in this story is named Roma, and he's the head of the Russian syndicate that's in power in Shanghai. And Juliet is the heir to the Chinese gang that runs the underground Inn in Shanghai. It's still the blood feud. Um, but in this version of Romeo and Juliet, they're not star-crossed lovers. Well, they still are, but it's not first love. It's not, they're not in their infatuation stage. They're ex-lovers who betrayed each other in their first, uh, in their mm. first encounter five years ago.
1: Sounds messy and we love it. Yeah. It's pretty it's
0: really good. Um, I would super recommend it. It comes out in November, so uh watch out for okay. that. Um and the other book I'm starting to read is The Burning God by R. F. Kwong. Um, this is the third book of the Poppy War trilogy. Um, and it's basically now this is a little so the Poppy War is a Asian-inspired fantasy series, kind of like imagine a mix between Avatar: The Last Airbender, and like I don't want to say Game of Thrones, like the darker parts of Game of Thrones. It is definitely it's a grim, dark fantasy. Um, so like it's, it's it's it gets pretty dark. Although it starts off, the first half of the first book is like a kind of fun military academy, kind of like Hogwarts type of situation. Before it becomes like a parable to World War II. There's a scene in the first book that is basically a an adaptation of the um, Nanjing Massacre.
1: Um, this you, no they can't see my face right now but i'm giving you this look and i was like yeah marvin it sounds super light and fun you're like it gets pretty dark and you're like no duh no duh um, you just said the word nanjing massacre
0: but it's <laughs> it's really well written it's i mean this this series is gonna get a adaptation at some point because it's just it's it's really good but it's one of those series where like you know how there's some authors who just and this is where, like, the Game of Thrones comparison comes in. There are just some authors who just love to see their characters suffer and want to make them <laughs> despair as much as possible.
1: Yeah, and there's are sickles like you. Who keep reading it, Marvin.
0: <laughs> I don't. Maybe darkness just feeds my soul. Maybe I am just a broken person inside.
1: Oh, 100% <laughs> you're broken inside. But that's fine. That's why we love you.
0: Um, right. One other thing that's really interesting about both um, Chloe Gong and RF Kong is both of these women published their first books so um Khan published <laughs> her first book um like maybe three or four years ago and then chloe Gon's publishing her book this year they both published their books while still undergraduates in college
2: oh my oh, god that's I feel, disgusting i feel like i haven't what have i been doing with my life <laughs> i don't i don't <sighs> like
1: this i mean props to sure. the ladies but i don't like this it's cool <laughs> that they I do hate that. it uh, good for them
0: Like, yeah, like it makes me feel shitty about my life accomplishments (laughs) and my like trajectory in life as like an almost like as a mid 30 year old. But at the same time, like, I feel like this is like proof of progress in that, like, (laughs) imagine like these opportunities. Like, if we were writers back in college, we wouldn't have these opportunities to like publish these books because people weren't looking for our stories back then, right? So I think the fact that they're both able to become published authors of fantasy novels adult and young adult fantasy novels in like this time period just shows that like the doors are opening. Yeah. I
1: I hope it's a sign of progress and I will probably not read those right away because they sound really sad. But um, yeah, still disgusting though. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes me think, what have I accomplished in my life at all? You know, in some ways maybe
0: you opened these doors for them. Oh, like no,
2: I, I, I'm i not that old. <laughs> the novels that I haven't written over my lifetime, that every time I try to do it every weekend. Yeah, I, I feel bad. But hey, NaNoWriMo coming Pray up. You can,
0: you can do that this year if you want.
2: I mean, maybe. November, I don't know if you've heard, might be a little crazy.
0: Oh, so. that's true. <laughs> uh,
1: can we just, I think we all should just take November off.
2: <laughs> I I always want to do NaNoWriMo and the The biggest problem, though, is because November usually is a little crazy., mm. um, and also it starts off with my birthday. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, well. anyway, but yeah, this year i I really want to write, and we will see what happens <laughs> every single weekend. I'm just like, just just do something. doesn't matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: well both uh, both these violent delights and the burning God are coming out in November. So if you're into that stuff, check it out. Uh, I do recommend it um even though I I yeah I do recommend it even though yeah. it, it does get dark <laughs> but uh speaking of um confronting our youth and our decisions when we come back from our break we're going to talk all about 1015 which is a show that at least for me probably just maybe John, to a lesser extent forces us to confront our our past in a very very uh What's the right word? (laughs) In a very... In terror.
1: (laughs) In a very visceral way. Visceral.
0: That's the word I was looking for. We'll be right back. Stick around. Mm,
1: But we're still here.
0: a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app. And welcome back to Good Pop. Uh, This week we're talking about... Pen15, which just released the first half of its second season on Hulu um, a couple of weeks ago, Pen15 is the sitcom starring Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle, who also created it, um, where they play middle school versions of themselves um, in the year. What year does this take place in? 2000. It
1: takes place in 2000. Okay,
0: so I am a little ahead of them then, because in 2000, I was a sophomore or junior in high school.
1: So yeah, yes, they were so middle schoolers, like twelve or thirteen.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm a few years, I'm a few years younger than them, but um, I have an older sister who is like their age, so (laughs) could definitely, and I like hung out with her friends a lot, so definitely seeing those um, a lot of overlap. But that's true. I I do think the beauty of this, the beauty and the horror, I would say, of this show is that it so encapsulates universal feelings of puberty <laughs> yeah the the i just
2: remember always thinking that middle school is a very ugly time for everyone you feel oh, ugly yeah. everything you is are ugly, ugly. yeah but let's be
1: real there's no cute 11 year olds <laughs> like everyone's like face and bodies are growing at different rates nothing looks quite right you're all like some some of y'all a little too chubby because the growth spurts like the body's like storing energy for the growth spurt, and some of <laughs> you are like a little too thick. it's yeah, just it's i all... was a skeleton you haven't figured out the hair yet
0: oh yeah my hair was terrible i had <sighs> giant glasses it was a bad Let's talk time. about the
2: hair i mean literally in the first season maya's character
0: i mean it starts a with haircut. a bad haircut <laughs> it yes. starts
2: with a bad haircut and it's like Dorothy Hamill haircut and here's the thing I kind of had that haircut in elementary school and the same thing happened to me that happened to her Um, in the show the teacher calls on her and it's like the boy in the Care Bear shirt can you come up to the class (laughs) I was called the boy in the pink shirt it was a pink velour shirt by the way Um, can you come up and do whatever if this was in gym class and I was just like what do I got to do you know I wore a pink velour shirt <laughs> it's just like and so uh, that type of thing definitely happened but also like gender is just construct, or so whatever <laughs> yeah. i mean but yeah i mean i was called a boy m- a lot in elementary school even though i know this takes place in middle school but um yeah there was a there was a girl who would pick on me and just be like hey boy hey
1: boy so I mean, yeah kids that was, suck. i mean kids really do kids suck. suck. middle kids middle school middle school middle middle school age kids like that age specifically like (laughs) they're terrifying especially
0: yeah especially that time period where it was like before we knew any but before it. it, i mean it's a time period where all the kids want to grow up as fast as possible and we were learning new words all the time and like new concepts (laughs) i remember in the 2000s like yeah like people like homophobic slurs are flying all over the place because it was just like, oh yeah. yeah,
1: I do hope kids I do think kids today are a lot nicer <laughs> in some ways. You know, I think there's always going to be bullying and like weird social politics and mean girling to an extent. But I do think kids today seem to be a lot nicer. I, I feel like the 2000s, middle school, and the 2000s are like when I think when we were going through puberty, it was like the beginning unchecked era of like internet culture yeah and social media and do you remember how just like mean people like how mean like internet discourse was in the mm. early 2000s like the perez hilton's and how we covered like famous people and like what they were allowed to do right like could you imagine now if someone like tried to get upskirt pictures of like selena Gomez? Or like an 18-year-old Disney star like Debbie Ryan or or, or Zendaya, people would be like, What the hell are you doing, dude? That's creepy. Stop doing that. Yeah. And that was like totally normal. Yeah,
2: there's a there's a social consciousness now. And that's why I think our the youth of today are our hope. Because um, and I was asking about this because I noticed a lot of kids' programming is very like woke um and socially conscious and and, you know, someone was talking about it and they're like, it's because they're being raised by millennials and millennials were the, the kind of the last group of people who kind of just finally realized, hey, this this shouldn't the shit shouldn't fly. So they're raising their kids better than they were raised. Um, of course, they're going to be mean
1: people. You're right. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's definitely there's also an awareness, millennials too. So, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an awareness. I do like how all the boys of maya and anna's affections have really good hair that's a definite like <laughs> middle that school was, thing where, that was my thing definitely i also liked good hair yeah you like you really don't like the guy could be the little boy could be like a total like dud personality like a terrible person but like he if he had good hair it was like that's enough <sighs> that's enough
0: all right yeah. i mean that that brings us to like the biggest <laughs> i guess thing to get past the show besides the cringe which is the fact that maya and Anna play themselves as 13 year olds opposite actual like probably 13 year olds right
2: yeah yeah so they're about 33-ish and then these kids are like 12 13. um and so when they are these characters are crushing on the boys it gets a little awkward not just because crushing in Middle school is very awkward. Um, And that also means and, you know, we've they've discussed it many times in interviews about like the (laughs) few times that, let's say, things get a little hot and heavy, like a kiss um, and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of trick photography. It is changing out actors with older actors uh when they're like gazing at a kid like you know lustfully it's like their neck it's not like anything gross um and it's usually just the camera like they're not even present so that way they're not even doing the thing that it looks like they're doing
0: (laughs) i mean how long did it take you to like even like get past that like that that cognitive dissonance right
2: it took me about an episode and a half i believe um and and yeah i was kind of saying this but so there it's into second season the second season um half of it that is is uh seven episodes long and by the end i was actually rooting for maya's character to get with the <laughs> the kid who has a crush on her and she kind of likes back and knowing full well that i don't necessarily want them to do anything you know holding hands would be great but uh <laughs> it just she i buy her as 13 because and well both of them actually because they're so committed in their performance of being awkward. Um, yeah. But yeah. even though, like, Anna is a little taller than some of them. But you know what? Maya is actually about the same height. So, <laughs>
1: and, and let's be real. When you're a 12, 13-year-old girl, you are taller than mm-hmm. all the boys in your class. At yeah. least I was. I was only until age,
2: like, 11. And then that's when I stopped growing.
0: I've never known what it was like to be short. Were you always in the back of the class? I was interesting.
1: I was too though. I was a like, girl. So it was like very <laughs> not I've a always good time been for me.
0: Until high school, I was usually like the tallest kid in my class. Um hmm. I stopped growing freshman year at when I hit six feet. Wow! Um Dang. Not to brag or anything. Kind of <laughs> I was like, bracket. so you must
1: have been raking in the 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 the, the high in, in middle school and high school, were you just like raking it in?
0: No, because I was a total nerd. I played magic cards and by the band room. That was my thing with my friends. Um, we talked about. I
1: feel like that's on you. I feel like all you had to do was like not say anything, and the height would have like carried you a certain <laughs> amount. But it's fine. I mean, we live and we learn.
0: Most of us, like you know, when you're in middle school and you're kind of tall, your your posture is terrible because none of us really, you know, did anything athletic that much. You know. Oh. Yeah.
2: uh i mean okay i think yeah um so
0: i mean one of the biggest things like besides the whole like adults playing kids taking to the extreme which i think is kind of genius for Maya and and anna to do um the other thing that's real like visceral about this show is the cringe right it like it it traffics in cringe cringe is its business it's i
1: mean i (laughs) was watching it with my with my boyfriend and he just like turned to me after one of the episodes i think is the one that um that ends with them fighting in the while they're shopping with their moms he just turns to me and he's like are you okay and my whole body was just like very (laughs) tensed up because i was definitely like a difficult child specifically through puberty with my mother um, And I've definitely had those weird fits and bratty moments. But it's also like, it just made me, it, it's really weird to classify this as a comedy, as as cringy comedy as it is. Because this, it's like really sad. They're really, really like, and maybe this is me just like being re-traumatized. But like, it's like these moments in the characters' lives and these experiences are just so intense because they are 13-year-old girls. And, like, I think when you're 13, everything just feels intense. <laughs> and then, but no one's taking them seriously, right? Mm. Like, they're not being comforted or kind of talked down from the ledge, which is as as a um, now having survived and, like, you know, and several years past then I'll have made it to the other side. Like, I just really wish somebody was there to have, like, talked 13-year-old Jess Jew off the ledge.
0: <laughs> but then... So I feel like the moms are really great, especially in the second season when like they're like they're trying to connect and they can't because their daughters are entering that rebellious phase. Right. Um, and even if when they're being patient and well adjusted, it doesn't get through to the girls either because of like those. Yeah. It's just I, that phase where I, I mean, I was like, I was definitely not a like I was definitely not <laughs> nice to my mom at that age, neither. I think all of us at that point is like. Middle school was when you start trying to, you're caught between wanting to fit in and also wanting to like stick out. Right. And like be special. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a hard thing to do when like you're still being treated as a child, which you are. I mean, you're still yeah. technically a child. In yeah. You're school. testing,
2: you're testing your boundaries. You're testing authority, all of that type of stuff. You, you hate your, your parents one, one after another for various times. Um, Sometimes you side with them. Um, or one over another, it's just, it, it's really crazy. But here's the other thing I kind of love is that Maya Erskine's mother actually plays her own mother on the show. She's and so great. She's great because she's like an oasis of calm, wisdom. They take baths together because, you know, Japanese. And it's just super, super sweet. And so I think, just when you were talking about the the big scene where they're shopping together and basically Maya has like a meltdown and um, and rebels it's, be, you know, it's because the mom finally has had it and like just calls her out on that shit. Um, and that was such a powerful moment. Cause I was like, what would it be like if your own mom was in a show with you and had to play that moment? That would be like so much therapy
0: have you guys ever been um, called out in public before? See, my dad would just take me to the bathroom. That was that was how I was disciplined in public. Oh,
1: never in public. Always <laughs> at home. Always at home. Yeah. So you um, had to live in
0: fear of like that ride home. Like crap. For,
1: for the most part,
2: actually, my brothers and I were super, super, super good out in public to the point where we were complimented by strangers um, because all three of us were around the same age, you know? Uh, so my mom having three kids who were like very quiet and polite was like great. But uh, at home, yes, <laughs> if, if if we didn't do certain things that my mom wanted to do, even if we weren't being bad, but we just didn't do it right. Uh, yeah, we it was all for home. My mom cared a lot about appearances, so mm. she wasn't about to make a scene out in public.
0: Oh. so I don't have much experience being a 13 year old girl. <laughs> um so like a lot of touchstones in this in this series while relatable was not like personally relatable I guess. Um I mean the main thing I took away from like the, the first season at least was where were these drinking parties that these 13-year-old kids are going to because I was never invited to those. Did those did those really happen?
1: I was too nerdy to be going <laughs> to drinking parties. So yeah,
2: I did I did think that these these kids were cooler than we were or at least I was and saw so us like oh they're so brave. So
1: <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's definitely like a little bit like white kids, because I was even surprised that Maya could go to a sleepover.
0: That's well, true. Well, yeah,
1: yeah. That's, I was not allowed to go to sleepover. I mean, not
0: just a sleepover, but a sleepover with other strangers that weren't their friends.
1: Well, but she didn't really like the mom either. Like, she didn't like the kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Although, think...
0: yeah. Uh, and I mean, speaking of that kid, that the whole arc in the second season with um Mora, um...
1: That shit was so terrifying. Again, like that is some of the scare. Again, October spooky season. That was some <laughs> of the scariest stuff I have ever seen. How they were able to get that type of character so well, and she played it great. The actress who played Amara, like mm-hmm. all the kid actors, are actually wonderful. Good. Oh my god. Supernatural. <laughs> super like you know nuanced and brings that. It's so real. And I know some of them are older. I think the actress plays Mara is actually 15 in real life. And so playing a few years down, which at that age is quite a significant difference. But like, oh, my God, like Mara's like boundary stopping and her gaslighting and her mean girling and her like obvious pathological lying. I was like, Mm -hmm. like, I just wanted to scream. I was like, "Ah!" so
2: good with the mind games. It was crazy. And I'm just like, I hope this kid didn't learn from this role um because <laughs> like oh yeah I, I you see it happening and you're just like one, yelling at the screen like don't buy it don't believe her
0: i mean speaking of spooky season like they did a good job with the sound design making it like super like thrillery horry, with like every time she was like plotting something
1: oh the clock and the yeah. clock in the uh in the sleepover episode but Oh my god. And and I was like, I had to Google her afterwards and I had to figure <laughs> out so she seems very well, the actor who plays Mara seems very well adjusted and actually had very lovely, complex nuanced things to say about the character which is like, this is why mm-hmm. please, Gen Z just take over. um, And just about like what kind of person would do that and you know, it's just someone looking for connection. Yeah. But I was like, there's like this whole, there's like a lot of kind of just online twitter reaction of like everyone apparently has had amara in their life I, mean, I was like asked, have you l- had
0: like that because i've had toxic friends but not to like that level of like gaslighting.
1: oh know. no marvin let me tell you like <laughs> girl talk to- toxic friend group dynamics and politics in middle school or elementary school generally i think by high school it it, it maybe morphs and maybe is a little less obvious, but like definitely when you're younger and you're not, it's just more just like whatever part of the brain that just does like feelings and emotions. Um Yeah. It's bad. Like I remember like it, it, this was when I was younger before middle school, but like we, I had this friend group and like, they would just randomly pick one member of the group to just ostracize for a week at a time. Oh my God. Like for no reason. And except for, you know, the head, the, the mean head mean girl the queen bee and i'm just like what but like she was also like my best friend and my parents took her to disneyland and i wanted to spend my birthday with her like it is very very accurate man
0: girls are scary I girls for- are scary
2: <laughs> i fortunately didn't have to deal with that although i do have to say that my best friend from middle school is still my best friend now um and is the only Person I remained friends with from Texas so (laughs) that tells you something but she was actually um even though there wasn't necessarily a Mara in our midst um there was definitely a lot of that shifting of loyalties um so she was the one who had a life she went to parties she hung out with popular girls um I do remember there are periods of time that like she'd become friends with popular girls who were models and I'm just like Thinking back, of course, and you're like, that was middle school. What were they modeling? Print ads? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, it just, I just remember like, oh, yeah, that was the few months that we weren't talking that much um, because you were off with your popular friends. And she went to parties in high school and middle school, and I never did. Um, But, yeah, it was just interesting, like, how it's kind of like all of a sudden you're best friends for about three months, and then it goes away. Um, (laughs) So that felt really real to me. And then the toxic stuff, I think I saw that happening with other people but I didn't really get near it. I just didn't have time for that. Like I was You're doing too own... smart. No, too i was just doing my nerdy thing, you know? Like other people didn't care to play that game with me because I wasn't cool enough. So, <laughs> um but I do have to say in elementary school I was the mean girl. I ostracized oh. someone. Yeah, so I I you know, pointing the finger back at me. <laughs>
1: It's okay. I've definitely been the mean girl, too. But
2: <laughs> one other thing that I loved in season two so much. AIM. Can we talk about AOO Instant Messenger? Oh, the, the sound of the modem screeching, the signing on, the opening of the door um, when your friend signs on, and the, the ridiculous
1: screen names. I love them so much. I have to ask Han, what was your screen name?
2: You know what? Here's the thing. It, I've I've done this very I've done the various same ones over and over throughout the years so it was either I might have had two it was either Han Solo or it was Hanonymous so it wasn't that okay that's yeah. not embarrassing
1: yeah, yeah. It's Marvin not, but what was yours?
0: mine was just my Chinese name I was super boring
1: okay why are you guys like so chill? I had like I would change mine like every month so I went through XX Dark X Yakatori XX there was Junior Airhead there was Queen-ish Nishtar. There was um Jay Chow is my Biach <laughs> XX. Um, because I was like very hot and thirsty for Jay Chow at like 13. Um <laughs> I think was, the, yeah, yeah.
2: The, I think the reasons why it was different is we were I was significantly older when AIM came around.
0: Yeah, like AIM, I started on AIM probably freshman year of high school. Like I remember not I I know for sure I was not on it in middle school.
1: Oh, I was yeah. on that in middle school. I think I got my first one in like fifth or sixth grade. The perfect time to make a total ass of yourself to boys so and other people. I want to ha- find out then how this was negotiated because since
2: when I was on it, it was totally different. Um, do you, How did you find out the guys' screen names? Did you actually just ask them straight out? Did you? Yeah. What was the deal? Yeah. If they're
0: your friends so, or friend groups or let's exchange screen names. It was pretty. If they're, like, not yeah. your,
2: if they're not your friends and you have a crush on them, then how do you get it?
0: Oh, if they're they're not your friends, yeah, you you, you secretly get it from your other friends.
1: Or you have your friends text them, like you have to have a group hang or a chat Mm -hmm. like set up so you guys can like meet online. But it's like, it's for us, like I went to like a K through eight school. Mm. So it was like, I, you know, the kids from like very young, but Uh. at a certain point, like a flip a switch is flipped and all of a sudden everyone's like going through puberty and is like crushing on everyone and makes it super awkward. So it's like, you kind of know, and it's like, you have the, it's like the same 90, hundred kids you've been going to school with. Yeah. so like, everyone knows yeah. each other. You kind of just like, you would casually, but then the real thing was like, you know, when you're, when you need to set like, the thing that killed me was the uh, away message the custom away <laughs> message oh that he it's said so it good. he's like where are my bros at and he like yeah. names every single person he's hanging out like sam feels bad because he's excluded but the way they shoot it in the show where like there's just that floating head <laughs> i'm so like good. this is great also like you spent so much time personalizing like your oh uh,
0: sound effects. i was definitely a song lyrics in my profile message uh, emo really song mean, lyrics
1: yeah. or you know the precursor to vague booking where you like put some very like emo cryptic uh, away message. cryptic yeah. it, like i can't like like the jaffir and his keanu reeves I can't, like <laughs> keanu reeves oh my god <laughs> and then you just kind of like if you know what i'm talking kind of like the precursor to if you know you know it's just like it's like my real friends will get this yep mm-hmm. uh
2: did you ever go into those chat rooms?
1: Like- oh no, I feel like I was smart enough where I oh for just like other friends. I never went into like stranger chat rooms because yes, my parents warned me about stranger danger. <laughs> and I just was like, I think I just was never that brave slash stupid. I don't know if it's brave or stupid, right? Depending on what side of 13 you're looking at it on. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, you know, as as confident and as fearless as I seem to be now um you know just you was still a nerd and I'm very that saved her from a lot of things I'm very
2: (laughs) glad at 13 you did not go into those rooms because oh my god right as an older as an older person I wandered into them to see what was going on and it was just always gross immediately so so I kept changing I you know what actually I realized I did use fake names to go into those rooms so i think i've done variations on new girl and stuff like that um <laughs> but yeah it was it was always really gross immediately like people would try to talk to you so
0: yeah i yeah, mean I, I feel like the the whole thing with aim and this show really like i think it speaks to me mainly because i related to it because i am of the generation that the show is about right even even though i'm a little bit older than the characters like, same difference they're like these are people who came of age at the same time as technology right they they're people like like um our generation which we still remember a life where we didn't have high-speed internet all the time we didn't have smartphones we had to three-way call people like manually yeah. um
1: yeah I think there's a little bit more of a inherent you know dig- digital natives so gen Z have a more inherent knowledge of how to navigate that but it was almost like we were going through puberty at the same time the internet was going through puberty (laughs) so all these like weird social cues like you like none of it really makes sense when you like look at it and it's you're exposed to a lot of maybe cruder things maybe two adult things without parental supervision so you really want to be an adult way too fast which i think is true of every age it's just like on steroids And I do have a question. Do you, do 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 middle school boys really just go to each other's houses to watch porn? Um, oh yeah.
2: I think that's fairly accurate or or even if it's not watching porn, it's sharing like magazine porn or like something yeah, sexy. I mean, we didn't, like they do but, other stuff too, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, we didn't, but I did have a friend. So I have a, I had a high school friend who was the first person in their entire school to get um cable internet. So high-speed internet in like 2000. And he used it to create a basically he sold he downloaded porn and sold them at school.
1: Damn, is he a millionaire now?
0: <laughs> I don't think so, but he definitely took advantage of it. He's either
1: that. a millionaire or he's in jail. There's no <laughs> in between.
0: Um
2: why why not both? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, the the funny thing is, so I interviewed Dallas Liu who plays um Shuji, like the older brother mm-hmm. of Maya's yeah. character for season one a couple years ago and i remember him saying that yeah like this show was the f- his first introduction to the existence of aim
2: oh it's so crazy oh, you know, these oh kids are all like
0: chatting on aim but they're like these they babies. don't know what it is <laughs> you know? they're being told I really, to sit there and type
1: oh my, god. oh my god i really would love love to be the fly on the wall or i hope there's some kind of like behind the scenes special of explaining to these real life children what being a like tween in 2000 was and explaining to them like you know because i imagine the the director is just like okay guys you know just pretend like you're typing on aim and then be like what's aim
0: it's like and lying then you'd but have not- <laughs> to sit down
1: and you have yeah. to be like okay this is what you did It's say like, why am i doing this well, how do I explain this? So you used to set away away messages when you needed to be away from the keyboard, but you would, instead of just saying you're gone or you'll be right back, you would put really uh, emotional lyrics and quotes. Do
0: you remember um, when they updated AIM so that you can set multiple pre-written away messages?
1: Oh, no. Oh my God. I don't know if I do.
0: That was the game changer. Because then you Whoa. have okay. Here's my I'm going to eat message. Here's my email message. Here's oh my, that yes yeah.
1: I do remember I do remember. And then you change like the color right like yeah. the text and the background. And your what profile. was your color scheme?
0: Mine was um, green background and white text.
1: I think I was doing like a magenta background, something like very like flowery girly, and then like <laughs> probably like a white. Um,
0: you know, Comic
1: Sans, of course.
0: Oh yeah, it's Comic Sans, of course. <laughs> Comic of course. Sans. That was
1: the chic one. That was the chic font <laughs> that now is has backlash. <laughs> I guess.
0: It's the fun font.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you're chill and you're cash. You know, you're a good time.
0: <laughs> All right, Jess, I have to ask you because you're the reaction I want to hear. What did you think about the final arc of this um, first half season, the play arc?
1: I will say the they got the. Um, they got the vibe of the school play 100% down. Um, you know, they got the vibe of the stage tech kids versus the acting kids. Um, I didn't quite do it in middle school. I only did it in high school. So it's, it's like slightly different because, you know, you're basically – the range in high school is like what 14 to like basically 18 right yeah. and like you're not even if you're like on the younger more immature side you're gonna want to seem cool it's like the 18 year olds you're never that cringy so i can't speak to the specific middle school things but like definitely the the ridiculous teacher who's like picking inappropriate <laughs> material that's that was great the,
2: hilarious that was the most amazing play uh, as soon as she, they started saying like "yeah, rat bastard" and like those. <laughs> oh my god, it was amazing. I was like, "How come we never got a cool play like that before?"
0: Um, oh, though, or at least because yeah, that play would have been stopped dead by the PTA like in the first yeah. week of rehearsal. Uh,
2: yeah. Also, I don't know how things were here. Maybe it's more accurate, but you know, I was in Texas, and so all of ours were very much uh, rated G. what.
1: Well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Maya and Anna, didn't they go to Crossroads High School, which is a private arts school in Santa Monica that is very hippie, like celebrities kids go there and it's very like a lot of them become like actors and directors and like artsy fartsy people. Um, I have a fairly close friend who went there and it's like I can see like that you know recalling those vibes um but the i i it's uh (laughs) they definitely get they definitely get like play kid cult theater kid (laughs) culture right and again like i think i kind of blacked out because it was too cringy (laughs) like middle school's already bad guys if you're gonna bring me back to my like theater kid days like i can't i can't you I I mean, I walked away from that.
0: I mean, did we really, though? Because you and I are both still doing events, and as recent as last year, doing live events where we had to yell at people for wasting our time during Tech Week.
1: It is true. When they're talking about like Hell Week, and I'm like, (laughs) Tech Week, I was like, oh, oh, you kids. I mean, I feel it. I feel it. But like, I am calmer now when the stakes are arguably higher (laughs) because there is money, like a lot of money involved and like talent and. You know, sometimes very big talent involved. I'm I'm still calmer about everything <laughs> now than I was when I was in middle school or high school doing this shit. That was like my life a hundred percent. And now just like, oh it's, it's like you lit you're, you're late for call time. I mean that's not great, but like, sure, here, hey, okay, go get <laughs> changed. Or like, hey, can you please move this? Like, oh, we're gonna start like by that's fine. Finish yeah. your sound check. It, 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 we'll we'll get you know it's gonna happen. It's fine. No one's gonna die.
0: Huh. I did enjoy the breakout character of that arc, which is Steve, the high school freshman, Who the was... Bruce Lee quoting oh high school freshman. God.
1: Oh my god, he's so cool! <laughs> <laughs> Where did they find this kid? I love him.
0: And his um, it's Chow Long, and he's had a bunch of like bit parts in like Days of Our Lives and Grey's Anatomy, and like Silicon Valley.
2: He, he was killing me because also I was just like, okay, finally I can see a love interest for Anna um, that I was down for uh, because as pompous as he was quoting, you know, Bruce Lee, it was oh, we amazing. All know that kid. It was we so amazing. That kid. Yeah. Yeah. But I could also see the magic working on her whenever he would do it. So, and then he empowered her. It was so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, I was just like, I support this. Like, yeah. the less i mean literally like that one or two years right it's like already slightly less douchey so. <laughs> i mean by the end he was also very very
2: sweet so you know it just like you said middle school is a very ugly time
1: if anyone yeah if
2: anyone comes out of it just seeming a little bit off then
1: that's fine <laughs> so. or i think if anyone who Went through middle school and had, like, zero problems. You're, like, a sociopath. Children of the corn. Yes, yeah. definitely.
0: I mean, I lost half a year because I got hit by a car in the middle of seventh grade. What? Wait, what? So that was my middle How school.
1: How have I not know- <laughs> Wait, just I drop in the story. That. <laughs> Wait, what?
0: Yeah, I was homeschooled for half a year because I had I got into a car accident walking home. You,
1: you were walking and someone hit you? Mm-hmm. What the in California?
0: Yeah, in San Gabriel. Did you sue? Uh, we got money. We got damages, yeah.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> what broke?
0: Uh, my tibula and my fibula.
1: Holy
0: <gasps> fuck. Oh my god. So were dramatic? you still six
1: feet afterwards, or did they add a few inches? <laughs> um that's the, that's my right
0: leg is about a oh, couple fibula, centimeters okay. shorter than my left leg.
1: <gasps> what how did i not know this about (laughs) you marvin we've been friends for like a pretty long time in adult years now (laughs) like good friends
0: this is the trivia i say for like two truths and a lie sometimes
1: Mm. oh now all our 25 (laughs) podcast listeners are gonna know you can't use that anymore were you were you like skittish about around cars
2: after that like walking Mm, around not really Okay, that's good. I'm glad you're not traumatized.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it was it was it could have been real bad. It was a Friday, so I had my pee clothes in my backpack. Oh God! And so pee when I landed on my back, it cushioned it, so I oh, didn't my break God. my back. But according to witnesses, I flew seven feet and I rolled <gasps> another another like seven feet.
1: Holy! Did fuck. they run? Did they try to
2: run? No. Did the person who hit you. to I did to some run?
0: damage to the car, so they couldn't.
2: Oh my God! Huh? Are you a cyborg? What no. the hell? <laughs>
1: What? There was like I a, a, a
2: Marvin-shaped dent in the car
1: <laughs> on on Rosemead Boulevard.
0: Uh, Las Tunas Boulevard, actually, Las, oh Las Tunas Drive. Oh my yeah.
1: god! <laughs> so here's the thing: was regular middle school more traumatizing, or was getting hit by a car more traumatizing?
0: Middle school was fine, actually. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing that happened was it threw me off honors track. Um, for... that is
1: the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. But very on brand for the three of us. Let's be real.
0: Yeah. Because of the accident, I didn't test into honors English for eighth grade. So I didn't get back onto honors track for English until junior year of high school.
1: That's fine. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> I was about to say. It's like,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, but besides that, not really. Nothing. I was wheelchair bound for half a year. So that's What?
2: What? <laughs> Why are you dropping all of this? Like right now, this is interesting. Yeah,
1: these reactions are not <laughs> acting. We genuinely did ge- genuinely did not know any of this. Were you good uh, using the wheelchair? I was fine. Could you pop sick wheelies? I mean, the, the
0: the reason I was in wheelchair was because my cast was a full leg up to my like my lower and mm-hmm. upper leg. You know, so I couldn't even bend my leg.
2: Were you in traction for a little bit? In traction, you know, like in the hospital with, the, with your leg up in the air, and
0: um, probably I was only in the hospital for a night.
2: Oh my they god! The, what?
0: Yeah, they reset my leg and then let me go the next day. Oh, uh, so on my no birthday. surgery,
1: just on your birthday. Oh, <gasps> it's okay, kids. Kids are pretty resilient. You can bounce back. Too bad you weren't
2: in theater and people would say break a leg, and then it would have worked. For <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, you asked about my most memorable middle school experience that was my most memorable middle school experience
1: wow i can't top that <laughs> i went to um astro camp in middle school and that what? was its that's own that's cool like, amazing i hope they really do some kind of like sleepaway school camp thing it's it was wild i still have such weirdly vivid memories of that one weekend um but yeah it's a good time
0: i mean your first kind of group trip overnight trip with like classmates or friends your age is it's it is a very um it's it's it is a awakening experience like yeah
2: i don't think i did any of that stuff i only did (laughs) i only did spelling bee like what the hell Mm. i feel deprived
0: (laughs) well um any other thoughts on pen 15 um
2: well uh because it was a weird seven episodes for the second season. I think it is part A. Um I think they've mentioned that part B will be happening sometime in 2021. So something to look forward to. Um I'm hoping they had RHS shot it all and they were still editing. I'm fingers crossed because of course I'm sure this is are all hard to do production wise.
0: Yeah. I'm usually not great with cringe, but this was one where I even though I was like dying inside from every other, every, every embarrassing thing happening, I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, it was just, I, yeah.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I told myself this is kind of like I, I dubbed this like the, sh- it's the show where you have to get on the other side of cringe because it's always so much worth it. Um, once you get there, but it, did I pause it a few times because <laughs> I was like cringing and yelling and running around the house? Yes. Yeah.
1: But I think what keeps it, I, the reason why I can watch this, and uh and not i can't necessarily stand all cringe comedy projects um because at the root it's really like this really really wonderful like love story about like friendship between anna and maya and even if they're you know they fight or they get like sabotaged by an interloper a sociopathic interloper <laughs> um you know their their friendship is just so lovely it's such a beautiful love story um and and you know, everything is intense, right? when you're thirteen, yeah and, uh, when you're a girl, right? And so I feel like that also includes the friendships. Your friendships, I'm still friends with many. My best friend from middle school, elementary school, is still a very, very close friend now. and it we always joke that we're like grandfathered in <laughs> because we've just gone through so much stuff yeah. together and and those friendships when you are starting out are just also like wonderful and and life-changing and that that's at the end of the day why I love this show yeah. yeah including including doing witchcraft
2: with your friends um because once you're a part of a coven I guess you're always part of a coven <laughs> uh, but yes who hasn't tried doing some stupid sort of magic in some way when you're a kid and then they go along with it so well it's just it, it's just no perfect
0: yeah for sure I think Even though, again, I cannot relate to being a 13-year-old girl, I can relate to just... Usually cringe is like, oh, I can't believe these guys are being so dense or stupid um, or like foolish. But in this show, the cringe is more like, I know exactly where this is going because I've been there.
1: And I think it's important that we all survive those (laughs) years. And so even if it's bad, even if it's a little awkward to relive it, it's just like, hey, we got through and everything turned out okay. (laughs)
0: Well, uh, Pen15 Season 2 Part 1 is out right now for Hulu. Um, Season 1 is also out. Um, And Season 2, and the second part of Season 2 is coming out later next year. Um, But definitely check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, Jess Han, thanks for joining us for another episode of Good Pop. If people want to find out more about your thoughts, where can they go?
1: You can find me on Twitter at JessJuTweets. And you can find me at Hanonymous.
0: Uh, you can find me at Marvinio. You can find the show at Good Pop Club and subscribe to us at Good Pop Club. Uh, we're a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian hosted podcasts. You can find out more about our fellow Potluck pods by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And thanks again for listening to Good Pop. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.
1: Bye. Stay safe.